And welcome to this week's edition of Running on Tap. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what are we drinking today? We are drinking New Beer's Day, a Hopolo Brewing Original. A Hopolo Brewing Original. A Hopolo Brewing is the it's name a, we've uh, given to, to our, our home brew. This is a beer that I brewed uh, on New Year's Day in honor of... Uh, it's. It was meant to be like a... Uh, Irish red. Well, it, not meant to be. It, it is, is an, an Irish, Irish red, and it's meant to be like, uh, we'll have some of this for St. Patrick's Day, because I wanted to brew a stout, but it seemed hard. So, or at least uh, this seemed easier, and we had a bunch of the uh, ingredients for it already here. This is also the first homebrew that you like created a recipe for. Yeah, this scratch. is my first ever Hopolo Brewing original recipe uh, beer based off of... Uh, I t <laughs> not your favorite. It's so, so good. It's a little maltier than we usually than it's, you usually have. It's very malty. I taste nothing but malts. That's. I mean, that was kind of the point. Uh, we had. Well, right. I think the, the more I've read about Irish reds, like there, I can think of one Irish red that I've had that I've liked. So yeah, I, I think it's like not a beer style that I love. These are supposed to be. Uh, the the beer was supposed to be like low hop bitterness. It's not bitter at all. And uh, a lot of malt, very caramely. It's all Roasty, of that. toasty, it's that kind of thing. super all of that. So that's... Um, I just don't like any of those flavors. That's what I was like... <laughs> so the reason... We can, we'll talk more about this, but uh, I the first one I opened, I poured and was immediately like, this tastes like the Foberon that we brewed. But it's because we use the same... Uh, Malt. Extract malt, yeah, and the same, or sorry, not the same extract malt, but one of the same dried malts, uh, and it put it kind of ruined that other the Foberon, or we did something wrong with the Foberon because it ta that tasted like just caramel, right? Whereas, which it wasn't supposed, which to. it wasn't supposed to. But this is. this tastes like caramel and is supposed to. So it took me a little while to be like, what is it? Wait, did I do this wrong? Uh, so yeah, it's this one is the 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 fun of home brewing. Some of these are very carbonated. Some of them are not. This, this one is, is a good carbonation. This is a good carbonation level uh, because we use the tab we use the tablets on yeah. these as opposed to uh, making a solution, which we'll do in the future. But uh, very just like like you said, not bitter at all. Uh -uh. Uh, really, uh, just caramely and malty and like uh, to me, it's very smooth and roasty toasty. I, I agree. It's really not a bad beer upon more sips, but compared to like. The super tart, super bright, super acidic things I'm normally drinking. This is like if it was a Venn diagram, they would just be two separate circles. Yeah, this is not. This is not exactly. Um, this is not like what you usually talk about on the podcast. This is not. Uh, not it. But it is like uh, I was looking to see how to brew. Like I was trying to look, find out like what could be like a, a Guinness or something like along that line, and um, basically. It would have required a bunch of ingredients that we didn't have, and this we this we uh, were able to repurpose a lot of things that we already had. So uh, just did this, and uh, it's it's really really great. The patio engineer is uh, he is making his own comments on this brew he's by mounting uh, a bunch of beer he, by standing on top of the the box that the, the other brew or brews are in. Uh, Maybe he'll come join us here in a second and stop being such a little jerk. Okay. 
that's enough for your guest appearance on this episode, Sal. So this week, we're going to give a short update on our running, which I feel like we haven't done as much recently. Yeah. Like That's kind of how this podcast originally started. So we're going to talk a little bit about our running. And then since we're drinking the homebrew, we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle's homebrew quest. Yes. Uh, the so KBQ, KHQ. Sure. If you will. I will. Uh, uh, but let's talk about running first. Uh, how have we're, we're what uh, a few weeks into training? Week I think three. I think yeah, this is week week three. I think you started actually after me eventually. So I think this is week four for me. Um, yes, doing the math in my head. Uh, so how are things going? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling pretty good. I think my runs are going well. My long run last weekend was seven miles, and that. I think it was like it was six and a half and I went like 6.7 so it was like my longest run in a long time and I was feeling good um I am just so sick of the cold yeah I am really struggling to motivate to go out in the cold and just not not been loving being outside at all but I got in I also had like a really mediocre midweek run. Work's been very busy, and so I haven't been like feeling super well or drinking water. I've been feeling like a little under the weather. And but but I knew like I ran. I was like, give yourself ten minutes to see if you like it. So I ran ten minutes and hated it. And so I turned around. Yep. And I think like knowing that about myself is a, is a victory. And I've had some really good bikes. I've had some good tonals. I had like a good long run last weekend, so I think overall I'm in a pretty good place, but I have not been like loving runs this week. I've also been very busy, so it's been like a struggle to fit stuff in. Um, and I feel, I know we do have this half marathon coming up mm -hmm. uh, at Rock and Roll, so maybe I should like care a little more, but like, like a month away at this point. Having a 10 miler is a goal. I'm like, I can, like, I know I can do this. There's nothing. And like, I would like to PR it, but it's not like, oh, if I don't get these runs in, I'm not going to finish. Yeah. Like, I know I can run 10 miles. So I think that mentality is like making me slack off a little bit. But I think that like, as it gets lighter in the morning and as the weather gets better, I will feel much more motivated to run. That's what I'm counting on. Yeah, we've been in a really tough uh, winter weather spell here where uh you get a few days of like spring-like weather and you're like oh yeah this Let's is go. this is a great feeling i love i love when it's like 50 degrees or 60 degrees that's so wonderful and then it bites back and yeah. suddenly it's you know uh, uh people in the midwest or further north don't kill us but uh, you know, it'll only be like, it'll be below 20. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, nope, this sucks. I I don't like this again. Like, Right. I feel like when it was like just, like when we were in New York, it was so cold, but it like had just been cold all the time. So right. I was like, oh, it's cold. But now I'm like, I get a taste of a 55 degree run and I'm like, I don't want to deal with this cold mm -hmm. stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully we are almost on the other side of our winter. We are lucky here that our winters are pretty short. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, like I've been feeling pretty strong and pretty good i just have been also been feeling kind of lazy <laughs> yeah well it's uh it's a tough time of year uh to you know stay motivated i think at some points so that when the winter starts to drag on it yeah. gets a little tough so i get that uh you've had the opposite experience yeah i'm like you're, you're like i i I'm, it's not tough for me to stay motivated because right now i'm very um i had a seven mile run today that wasn't like easy i definitely feel tired 
But I just want to like say praise off seasons. Like for the first time in a long time, I took like first time in forever. First time in forever, uh, I took uh, two months at you know from like most of December and all of um, you know, almost all of January. So yeah. basically, you know, maybe like six weeks, whatever. Well, but part of November too. Part of November too. Yeah, when I realized that like my body was not bouncing back from the marathon as fast as I wanted. Um, I like focused on recovery and like it helped so much with my mental mm-hmm. you know my my body is like oh, my, my body is like coming back into shape and feeling good for like running and like I feel like I'm gonna have good races and that kind of thing uh like I'm at the point now where like I feel fatigued but like my paces aren't dropping precipitously like they were in the summer when I was sure. when I felt fatigued so, but like I am just at a point right now where like I feel mentally refreshed and ready to go and happy and like you know like no maybe not like maybe excited to work out and run is like a bit much but I am like in a groove and I think that's only possible because taking some time to rest and refresh and like uh you know give my mind that kind of break from that I guess that eight nine ten month uh training cycle that i put myself through yeah uh in 2021 so i just wanted to praise off seasons and that's going to be a much more normal part of my uh routine now every year because it just helps so much to uh go out for a run and like i got tired today and i didn't think i'm never doing this again which like i definitely was before uh so yeah it's uh it's go it's going well, also training for half marathons is just fun. Like training for half marathons is just like manageable, but like challenging but manageable distances. Like a seven mile midweek run or like a nine mile long run that I had yeah. this past weekend. Like not something that's like gonna take up your whole day and knock you out for the whole day. But like it felt like when I had a, I had a good long run this weekend and it felt like an accomplishment because I was like, this was a long run that like yeah. I did well and I feel happy about it. Uh, so I'm just, I'm in a good spot right now and I'm, uh, I'm pleased. I'm like looking, looking forward to also much like you, the temperature turning up again and uh, getting closer to these races. So yeah, things are good. I need to get some new shoes. My I just got new shoes. Nice. You, yours are... You got some pretty shoes. They're, they're very cool looking. I also, I'm in sort of a weird spot in between shoes where like my old shoes, my knees hurt when I run in them, but my new shoes are like not at all. I think I've run like 25 miles in them, so yeah. they're like not broken like in yet. just starting to get broken in. So like my feet hurt when I run in them. Mm-hmm. Like I get, not that my feet like hurt, but I get sort of like a tightness in like the outside edge of my foot when I run in new shoes. So, like, none of my shoes feel good right now. I should yeah. have got a new pair sooner so that my other my other pair was, like, good while I was breaking a pair in. Um, but, yeah, I'm in that, like, weird in-between period. That's I. But they're really t- pretty. They are really pretty. It's a tough place to be because I'm currently in the period where I'm, like, I got to wring as much out of these shoes as I possibly can uh, just for reasons, basically. Like, I'm not, like, I, like could buy new shoes tomorrow but i'm just like well i have like an i feel like i have enough miles in these shoes that i shouldn't buy them yet but this is probably the time when i should be buying new shoes yeah. in order to break them in 
So it's just like I, I just need to get there uh, and take care of it. But um, yeah, aside from that, like running is good. I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling ready for warm temperatures and fast races or like faster races, I guess, uh, and the spring racing season. So it's it's a it's a good time. I I but I am a winter runner. I love run, I love running at this time of year because it's cold and um, you know I don't want to kill myself yeah i like don't love the humidity but i feel like there are always those polls that are like would you rather run in like 80 degrees or 20 degrees and i would definitely always rather run in 80 degrees mm. because like it's hot but i just hate running in the cold it's slippery it's cold my lungs hurt like i'm just i'll go slower when it's hot but i'll also like feel i also feel like i've done like I've only ended up doing like fall marathons. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm like used to doing a lot of my like longer, like awful runs in the summer and just have like learned to live with it. Excuse me. Uh, I am just so the opposite. I know I mean, like we've covered this a million times, but yeah. like it's just uh, so nice to be able to like be running hard and taking breaths and feeling you're getting a full lung uh full breath of air in as opposed to just breathing in like you're underwater uh but it's just i think that this period of um the winter when like i've been cold for months yeah i mean you're you get cold when it's 70 it was Um, 70 today and i was outside and i had on like fluffy socks and a sweatshirt like i am just always you're always cold chillier than you i uh and i was in a t-shirt um the this time this time of winter like it starts getting bright just a little bit earlier. Like uh-huh. I, in January, in, the, in early January, it was getting the the sun was coming up at seven thirty. Now it's coming up at seven, and I'm like, oh, like sunlight's coming up. You know, it's it's a little bit brighter. Um, it's not quite like the bitter harshness that we we were getting in uh, mid mid January. It's uh, and like every now and then you get a run where it's like today it was. 50 some odd when mm-hmm. I went out and like went out the, uh, one day recently where it was like 60 some odd and I'm like you get one of those runs every now and then which is like a little invigorating so I, I quite like this time of year I, I like spring racing season is definitely like the time when I'll like pack a bunch more races in and you know there's a reason why in the fall racing season I'll generally do like you know one big race and like army tent miler and then Maybe like, you know, holiday themed races around when it gets colder. Right. But for the most part, like spring racing, it's like, let's do a couple 10 milers. Let's do a half marathon. Let's uh, spring, you know, just jam in as much as we can because it's just an exciting time to be running. And it's like nice and cool. Even like, I feel like uh, it takes so long for the temperature to go from like 90 to 40. Yeah. And like, it takes a little while for it to go from... 20 to 70 but during that time period there's just a lot of good stuff yeah i think that's true i'm having like a little bit of buyer's remorse on the rock and roll half (laughs) i was like kind of regretting because like i really do want to pr at the gw parkway classic 10 miler and like they have a training app that you get for free and i was like oh like i'll do this like this will be great like it like texts you your workouts and it's like a like coaching thing that's all included but like 
the weekend of that. It's like a six mile run. Like I feel like I can't properly train well for the 10 miler because I'm like, well, I gotta like get ready for a half marathon like in the middle. Right. So I kind of, you were like, well, like everyone's gonna be doing it. And I was like, oh, like I have such FOMO. Like I, because we haven't done the rock and roll half in so many years. I mean, it hasn't happened in the spring in so many years. So I, and it's always such a fun race. Like I think when the weekend comes, I'll be glad I'm doing it. But trying to train now, I'm like, I feel like I'm like giving short shrift to my 10 miler training, trying to like also get ready for this other goal. Makes sense. I think it's tough. That's uh, one of the difficult things about having a packed racing season is there's some, there are times you want to do things that are interrupting with other things. Maybe I'll be really plans. helpful. Yeah. Like, I think I'll get up to nine miles before the half. And then my plan is to, like, take the half, take most of the half very slow and do, like, a couple miles at my 10-mile goal, pa- goal pace in the middle. Um, but, yeah. It, 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 short it could comparison. That's true. It, it could end up being a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm someone, and it's impossible, right? Like, you can never follow a training plan exactly, but I'm someone who wants to be, like, set it and forget it just like right. set the training plan and do it and having like all these races on the calendar while i'm really looking forward to them is like interfering with that totally which is just life <laughs> that, was burped. Bit, that was a big one uh yeah i think that's right i think uh you know to each their own i know many people love summer running love fall running and uh you know this time i i, I you know i was listening to will run for recently and they there's multiple of uh, those wonderful people who are all very much struggling to get miles in right now because it's it's cold and it's still like it is darker. You know, it's not, the sun's not coming up at six, right? Like it's still coming up a little bit, a little bit on the, on the later side. So it's just a tough time to get miles in. I just struggle. Like it's not even like I necessarily mind. I mean, I do mind being out in the cold. I hate being cold and it's windy and like I do have asthma. So I feel like. Just this past winter, I was talking with you and my stepdad, and I was like, oh, like, don't your lungs always burn when you run in the cold? And you're like, no. I'm like, huh. Yeah. Uh, so my lungs struggle a little bit. But more than anything else, I love waking up in the summer and being like, I'm going to throw on shorts and a sports bra and go. Yeah. I hate, like, the 15 minutes it takes me in the morning to layer up and lumber around like I'm in a snowsuit. Yeah. Um, I just love feeling like light and free in yeah. the summer. No, in the, in the winter, I definitely, I like have to be like, once I get dressed, I'm going. Yes. Because like that, all that, all those clothes on inside, I start to heat up a little bit and it's like, and that's what, the tough thing is that like, I mean, balancing all that, all that, all those, those clothes on, like sometimes. So much laundry. So much laundry. So much laundry all the time. Uh. And sometimes it's like, oh, this was like a good amount of clothes and thank God I wore it because I, I would have been freezing. Sometimes it's like, I like I need all this when I stop at traffic lights. But yep. once I get moving, I'm too hot. Like I find uh, like the dead of winter to also to be my second sweatiest time of the year hmm. because like it's not like not like summer. Don't get me wrong. Nothing's like summer. But like I have so many clothes on that uh, I'm still like, like still pouring sweat and like i have found maybe also my hair is just is little it's it, the omicron uh wave has led me to not go get a haircut for a couple months so it's a little q-tippy it's, it's a little it's a little shaggy right now 
like uh, a Q-tip. Yeah, no, I when when it's not done, it the is like cutest a, Q-tip. It is, it is just like it is a straight up Q-tip. Uh, so that that leads me to just being a little like a little warm and like yeah. Uh, so it's uh, but like the once you get to that spring period and you get to start shedding layers and being it makes you just a little happier a little lighter you definitely feel less constricted on your runs because yeah. you like you're like oh i don't need tights on right now to do this but okay and then i'm really done talking about this because this is not supposed to be an episode about the weather but yeah. i feel like i get like two weeks of good running and then my allergies kick in that's also true and i'm like oh well, now you know to run with the buff yes like run with the mask it's such a difference yeah um, but like height of summer, I also am not dealing with allergies, which is super nice. Totally. Everything's dead. Everything's dead. Well, let's transition. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, Hopolo. Hopolo. Find us on Untapped. We have beers, have beers. beers you can't, you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. Quite literally. Uh, and, uh, home brewing. So, uh, this, uh, we mentioned in our, uh, end of the year episodes that this was one of my goals for the year. We're actually going to, I'm going to fail in... February. I'm no, gonna, it's fine. Not though. going to brew in February because we've just been busy and uh, have uh, a trip coming up. But I, wasn't your your goal was to brew twelve times this year, right? Not every month. I was gonna do once a month, but like we'll just brew. We'll twice make it and, up. We'll make it up in in March. Yeah. Uh, but it is quickly becoming like one of my. It's like it's it's a very. I don't know if a lot of people watch Futurama. But boy, we, do we. We watch a lot of Futurama. There's a character in the show called Bender. He's the robot. Uh, as a robot, he doesn't have a sense of taste. So he's very passionate about cooking and loves to cook, but he can't. And everything tastes bad and comes out poorly. He once fed them a bird skeleton covered in salt. Yes, like piles of salt. So I... um. I am like the bender of brewing right now. That's where, not true. Well, you're not being poisoned by what I'm making, but like you've it's, made some drinkable stuff. Uh, exactly, some drink. Like I, I haven't been able. I'm still very much. I am enjoying it, and I have fun doing it, and I like, uh, like doing it and being like, try this, try this, try this to you, uh, but like very hit or miss, and mostly like it is just. Uh, I wasn't very good at chemistry, and, and brewing is very much a chemistry project uh, in in many ways, along with like along with cooking, and uh, it's just it's a it's a a thing I'm passionate about, but I'm I recognize I have so much uh, further to go, and uh, would no, by no means take me as an expert. So we home brewed for the first time during the pandemic. I think we talked about it on here. We did yeah. a class through City Brew Tours. Um, where they kind of walked you through the process and answered questions and Brewed stuff. Pale ale. Um, but like you wanted to homebrew before this. Yeah. So explain to me like why, you know, for the people who are like, but I can go buy a perfectly good beer at the store for probably less than the ingredients. Like why did, why was this something you wanted to do? I think there's just a, uh, a satisfaction in creating and a, like, I don't think I ever... Uh, like I wasn't, I have been able to cook for myself since I moved out of the dorms in college and started living on my, you know, like living with like friends and like was in charge of taking care of myself. I've been able to cook for myself, but I never, I just like 
my meals were like a chicken breast, I steamed some veggies, I diced a potato, uh, and that was it. And it wasn't until when I moved to DC and I started doing Blue Apron a couple times where I like cooked myself good food and that gave me, I was like so proud of cooking a meal that like tasted good. You made me one on one of our first dates. Yes, I messed up the recipe and it was hilarious. But no, no, that was a different recipe. Oh yeah, no. You made me the kimchi fried rice yeah, which- for our first one. But then you made soup for another one, and you like didn't forgot, forgot, to, forgot to cut up the kale. Yeah, just so there whole, were just whole giant whole leaf kale leaves. In the soup. <laughs> it was it was wild. Still tasted I, good though. I ate it. I was like, were you supposed to cut these up? And I was like, no, 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 yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, but I, so I, I, I this is along the same time, around the same time when I started like realizing, like, hey, if you follow a recipe exactly. Uh, and have the right ingredients, you can make something good. Yeah, that is also along the same times that same time that I started being like, well, I would, I like beer, like I bet it'd be really cool to be able to make my own, and like uh, if I follow a recipe and like whatever, like I should be able to do it, and it's um, I think it's just a enjoyable thing in order to it's it just a it's a it's immense pride and to like make something and have it taste good and be like, I actually like this and would give it to other people. Um, and th- so that was the feeling that like inspired me to like look into it and uh, you know want to do it. But it took many years to actually get to that point. You've definitely made some good stuff. Like I thought the paleo we made was really good. Like the very first one we made, which was from a kit. Yeah. Um, and so this beer that we are currently mm-hmm. drinking... Um, was the first beer that you made? Like you came up with the recipe. Yes. So, why? What sort of prompted you to not just like buy another kit to make the leap and and talk a little bit because like, like I had no idea how you like when I want to like make recipes for food. I don't think there's something comparable. So talk a little bit about that process. Sure. So uh, there I, there are some very simple steps in brewing about what you need to do in order to come up with a mash and you know to make a wort and then like in order to make it carbonated into beer uh you know have it fermented and carbonated into beer and all that kind of stuff like so there's and like a certain amount of we have a we don't have a very big setup we have a three gallon for monster where we can brew two and a half gallons of beer mm-hmm. and uh or two gallons of beer i think i don't think i do two and a half uh that often um so very small batches uh and so like you need to uh you know it was basically like i was looking at these um recipes and looking at the processes and i'm like okay so i have this is like the process of cooking the beer and what the steps i need to do and you had done three batches from like a kit right with like a very specific recipe before you branched out yes. right and so i was like okay well here are the here are the cooking steps i need i can kind of just substitute in different ingredients into this template of cooking steps and like uh you know there's there's some room for experimenta- experimentation all the way you know all around like generally for like if you if you are aware of like the dogfish had 90 minute IPA or the 120 minute IPA what that refers to is how long you let the hops boil 
in the wort. Uh, so generally, you let the hops boil for 60 minutes. Right. That's kind of... So like in that... Basically, there's like a template. And I was like, I could keep doing kits, but ultimately, I'm making someone else's creation. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm making... Uh, you know, or like I'm follow if I'm following recipes, uh, that other people post online, like I'm I'm following their ideas, and I'm going to make something that other people have made before, had before, whatever. And so, that, like, I was like, oh well. First off, I have all these. In- the 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 big the big motivation for making my own recipe was like, I have all these extra ingredients at home, like. I have extra extract. I have extra dried uh, dried malt. Uh, I have uh, like there was. I don't think we. I like bought new hops and new yeast. But I had all these other these dry ingredients. So this is like the fried rice of beer. Pretty where you much. Just chuck it all. I was in. just like, okay, like <laughs> what can I make with these things? And so I like kind of you start. You can start researching. Like okay, well I have this kind of extract. I forget what exactly what it was, but like you have this kind of extract. You can. Uh, see what kind of beers that makes okay i want to do that and like you could start just playing around and what i found was i mean it is a science very much which is tough for me so luckily there is the internet takes care of it there is a website that i use called i think it's brewer's friend uh where you can there's like a recipe field where you're like you know i want to brew this type of beer i'm going to use this ingredient this ingredient this ingredient this ingredient and it can tell you uh, well, if you do all that, then you're making a IPA mm-hmm. when you want to make a pale ale or you want to make a lager or something like that. Like, so you, you have to be like, okay, so those ingredients are wrong. I need to make this, I need to do this instead. And, uh, so I did that with this recipe and basically it's like fine tuned the measurements of everything until I got like, you're going to make an Irish red ale. It has, uh, the 20 IBUs or whatever it is. Uh, and it's going to like, it's going to look this color and whatever and like that and it like has like a range like you know think of like the the peloton like you want the cadence between 80 and 100 like you want the ibus between 20 and 40 to be this style to be this of style beer. of beer and so uh it your the beer recipe you've come here here will be 35 ibus so it fits within the range uh and so that's how i came up with it just kind of playing with the things that we already had and seeing what else i needed by like googling what kind of hops make an Irish red ale? Like, it's, and seeing people's recommendations, and then deciding on my own at that point. So, what if you said, like, I like this beer, but I want it to be like more caramelly? Like, w- would you go back and like tweak a recipe and fine tune it and make it again? I think so. I think that the toughest thing about, like, they're, they're, the fact that we're brewing such small batches is um great and also is tough because right now it is just the two of us and generally the the one i've made two beers in the last couple months one beer uh i got lied to by our google home uh it told me i asked it i asked how many gallon how many ounces are in two gallons and it told me like 300 and something so i just brewed with way too much water yeah which that beer's uh, a little off which the the yeast like it it fermented but then the yeast did not reactivate when we carbonated it so 
Some of them have some carbonation, but a lot of them are flat. Yeah. So that's two, but that's essentially a case of beer that is flat and a case of beer that like also you're not a huge fan of. Right. So like uh, Cuz it's an IPA, not It's an IPA, and you're not a huge IPA fan. Like there the when you're brewing such small batches, like I'm not going to get rid I'm not going to get rid of these beers like you don't I don't want to like have 400 beers sitting in our house. Oh, exactly. But at the same time, yeah, like I would love to like okay, so this recipe came out this way, like right now like if you look at the bottom of my glass, you can see that this has like tons of sediment you dumped it when you did the yeah, last pour no, that in last there, pour, there, there was a ton, there's, ton so there's a lot of sediment in this because there's so much dried grain and mm. so i would use less dried grain next time in order to make sure that like this doesn't happen again you don't like there is mud at the bottom of my beer uh and there's i don't think there is on yours because you got the middle yeah. part but like that is something i would tweak for the next time but i also i recognize that like we don't need another Irish like, red. We don't need we don't need twenty four Irish reds in here right now. So I think that the experimenting is great, uh, but we need to be. Like, I would need to throw a party like once a quarter where people yeah. would come and just drink all the beer, so I could like clear, clear up. We also, we also like we're not like buying new bottles and everything like that. Like we we have a certain amount of storage, right? That uh, yeah, certain I don't, number of bottles, certain number of bottles, storage. and that kind of thing. So like. I'm not um, brewing a ton of times, and because I'm not selling this, I'm not right. And like, I'm, we're not having people over to consume them. And like, uh, maybe we could at some point. Maybe that's <laughs> that'd be a great way to get rid of them once a quarter. Just like, hey, come over and drink Kyle's Home beer brew party. Uh, but uh, so that I think that is how you get your recipes right. You talk to. I mean, we we've done these brew uh, these brew academy classes, beer academy classes uh, with through Church Key where we hear people talk about brewing and the other brewers talk about it and they, they're they like, yeah, this recipe has changed slightly over the years yeah. to become this product that you know today. And like, you know, 20 years ago, this beer tasted differently in this way and this way. So yes, experimenting is like the way you go to get like something finely tuned, but it is just tough when, um, especially like, you know, hopefully like the next beer I want to beer, brew is a Cezanne. Like, let's say that Saison is something that you like and I like, and um, but like it could be a little bit better. And so we roll through them. Yeah. And then like, okay, let's, let's brew it again. But uh, it is tough. It's not like a, it's not like you're baking a dozen brownies and like- They'll be gone in a day. They'll be gone in two days, three days, whatever, a day in our house. We know us. Uh, but like, it's not like a dozen brownies where like you can bring them to work and like people will eat the brownies and like they'll be gone you can come back and try get their feedback come back try the recipe again whatever right. it is you know 25 beers for two people is like we've we've brewed that many or 24 beers for two people uh we brewed that many and we've had the beer for uh like three months Couple right months, so yeah. like it's uh we it's, also have a lot of other beer that's we also have like a lot in the beer. beer fridge kind of yeah because you don't want to just us. you don't want to just drink exactly our beer. um so you've talked about how the saison is next yes but I'm wondering, you know, sort of what what your plans are. You're you're all doing all your own recipes now. I think so. Mostly, I I have one that we want to brew that is from an existing recipe um, that we can talk about at a later podcast. You know, you're looking like you don't know what it is. I'm sure you told you me. I've totally, forgotten. Um, uh, I know we want to. I, I know like up coming up, we're gonna do the saison. Uh, like we're gonna, I'm gonna try and switch into the summer beer. So mm-hmm. we'll do the saison. 
Uh, I want to do a Hefeweizen. Yep. And I know we want to do a Goza at some point uh, because that is a type of beer that you like that does not take like yeah. years of years of study and expertise and also very complicated uh, brew setups, which yeah. most sours require. I The one I'm talking about, I found a recipe. We've always wanted to brew a Huckleberry beer yes. because we honeymooned in Montana, which is where the Hopolo idea came from. Correct. Um, it is a hot buffalo in case that wasn't obvious it's a really cool it's a really cool logo that it uh, is a really you graphic cool designed um so i found a recipe that will brew up and and the problem with brewing with fruit is that if you put it in before it ferments the yeast will eat the sugar in the fruit which then changes the flavor of the fruit and if you put it in after you have to like sanitize it somehow because yeah. you're not putting it into a boiling beer. So brewing with like fresh huckleberries like didn't work. So I found a recipe for like an herbal tea pale ale and bought a huckleberry tea. Yeah. So that's on our to-do list for this summer. Yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah, those the next few, uh, I'd like to try like to do my own like hazy IPA and like New, or New England style IPA too. I think that will come at some point, um, you know. You should do a Virginia style IPA. Virginia style IPA. I don't know what. It's not a thing. Make it a thing. A, a mid-Atlantic IPA. Yeah. Figure it out. The Potomac IPA. A Maipa. Boom. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think the, like that's that's one of the fun things. There are so many styles. Uh, it's also really fun to look and see what kind of things are just totally unattainable for novice home brewer, brewers. Like uh, looking at like you really were like, can you brew me a sour? And I'm looking and I'm like. I have to like learn how to uh, brew with like Brettanomyces and like 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 Brettanomyces. Brettanomyces. When I when I first like saw like a kettle sour, I thought you were just making it in a teapot. Yeah, they just made it in a kettle. Nope, you it don't. is super intense. Uh, or like for instance, also um, I I this winter I was like oh like should brew a lager, and then I realized that like. Lagers need to be stored at about 50 degrees uh, for, for like, three months. Yeah, long time. Which, uh, you know, is possible if we, like, um, bought another fridge and set the temperature to it and whatever. But, like, I there's no time in this area right. where, like, you're going to be able to get, like, it's either it's winter, so it's, like, near freezing, which is too cold. Oh, and then like there isn't there are not three month periods of fifty degrees. This is why those beers were stored underground in Germany, right? Mm. So it's those are very tough to brew at home, and uh, so it's like you're kind of much more limited in the ale area where things ferment between sixty and seventy two degrees, which is the temperature most people keep their house exactly. <laughs> so uh, like that, like ales are much easier to brew at home, and then like. Uh, so that's that's like one of the things you have to be super on guard for. Like saisons, like I'm gonna I'm going to brew one, but most saisons are uh, stored. They, they ferment at like in the upper 70s, 80 degrees, like what temperature it is in Belgium during the summer because it was a huh. summer beer. So it, it is. So how is it going to ferment here? I'm brewing one with yeast that ferments at the temperature that we keep our house. Gotcha. Uh, so like it. But there is like, it's it's fun to learn about like mm -hmm. uh, different yeasts react react differently and make beer taste differently at different temperatures. And so like, what our the temperature that our house is and like how our like the 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 cycles of the temperature uh, 
will create a different tasting beer than if you brewed the same recipe in someone else's house where yeah. it was warmer or where it was colder all the time. So it is an inch. It, it, it is very much like, uh, like it's one day. One, it's three hours of really like intense work to brew the thing. It's not even really like intense work. Yeah. It's like you put stuff in and set a timer for half an hour and walk away and three hours of focus. Yeah. I, I should say. That's a fair way. And then like but, but then, a, a but lot of it is like sitting around waiting time. A lot of waiting time. And that's another part that's like tough about um experimenting. Like you might be like, okay, like I'm gonna try and experiment with this recipe and see how it is. And you're brewing a case of beer and in you get it back you get it out in three weeks and maybe it sucks yeah and like that that is like heartbreaking because you're so on edge like by the time it gets close to like popping the bottle it's like oh this is gonna be good and like we have known exactly what day we could open all of these bottles and been really really excited for it and so it can be tough when like like the like the gotcha day ipa that we brewed which in honor of our patio engineer in honor of the patio engineer uh because we brewed that on his gotcha day uh, or he bottled it on his gotcha day. Yeah. Uh, it came out. I poured the first one and was like, "It sucks. Like it's flat. It's it didn't it didn't uh, carbonate at all." Yeah. And it was so heartbreaking because it was the first one we brewed in forever, and like I looked at it every day and like could hear it bubbling behind me in my home office, and I was just like, "Oh, this is heartbreaking." And so uh, I'll try that again with like. The right measurements for water. We've stuff. talked about chucking a noon tablet into one of them to see if that will car- make like a lime IPA, which I still think we should try. Maybe next, maybe next time I open one of them and they're flat, I'll, we, we can do that. So, what is? And again, I just want to be clear that like hobbies don't have to be side hustles, and you can just do this because you enjoy it. But like, is there an end goal here that you would like to? you know, have your beer on tap when friends come over or, you know, is a long-term goal to like have your own microbrewery or, or is this something that you do just because it gives you pleasure, which is a-okay? I think this is something I would like to get good at uh, and like to be able to like, you know, uh, have beers here that uh, when people came over, uh, they could be, you know, I could be like, hey, like, grab a beer out of the fridge. It's the IPA that I made, or like, there's this, there's this beer, there's this beer, this beer, and this beer that like, I'm the that are, are the homebrews here, and it won't be like the beer equivalent of the guy taking out the guitar at a party, you know, like that vibe where it's like, oh god, like I can't believe he's doing this. I don't want to listen to him play guitar in the middle of this party. Like, right. like I don't want to go to Kyle's beer. and be forced to drink his crap beer. Like, I'd like it to be like something that people would be like, "Oh, like cool. Like, yeah, this like he makes good beer, and like like I, I like like I'm looking. I'm excited to try. You know, oh, he says like, I should try this. Like, I I'm definitely want to try that. So, uh, and then like you know. So far, whenever we've tried to pawn our homebrew off on people, they have been not keen. Well, I mean, <laughs> they they were mediocre uh, the first few ones, so it's got a lot. It's got, it's a long way to go. I yeah. think that there's like, uh, you know, I've got a lot of practice. I've only brewed four batches of beer, and only yeah, you know, three of them have come out with that weren't flat. So, uh, and like, it's uh, I've only brewed one of my own recipes, so it will be. 
I think a work in progress. But I think you know it'd be, it'd be wonderful like to like now that I've planted the seed of like people come over and drink our homebrew. Like one of the reasons I wasn't super keen bef- when we first started doing this, uh, I wasn't super keen on like drinking them quickly and making it so we could brew another batch was because like it was from a kit and so like we kind of had the the ingredients and stuff like that like written down somewhere but like it felt like once those beers were gone that beer was gone yeah and like that you'll never i'm never making i can never make that again now that i've started like saving recipes and writing down like you know when we brewed this one like we didn't have exactly eight ounces of malt we had seven ounces of this one malt so like writing those down and seeing how it tastes and i can brew it again if i want uh like the idea of being like oh like come over drink drink our homebrew and then like that like that sounds fun like yeah uh and then like maybe one day when we retire like this is how we make money that'd be great but uh i would i think right now it's just very much a thing i thing i like doing that i'd like to be better at totally and so i just like i'm gonna make more beer and see how it goes do you like the name Hopolo? I love the name Hopolo. I we were like like tossing around ideas for like the name of our home brewery and I came up with it and just sort of ran with it. And the other day I was like, I don't know if he ever like bought into this totally. It's I mean, I think it's a really cool name. It's named after an animal that you love. Well that's and why that, I'm like, and I don't and want and to be my and, and an animal that like I, like I love as well. Um and like Guys, last episode was all about Balto. Let's talk about how freaking cool Buffalo are. There, oh boy. <laughs> don't get, don't Buffalo's get her started. Buffalo's on tap. Buffalo's on tap. Suffice to say, I really like Buffalo. They are sweet but hearty, and I just adore them. Yes. Uh, and like, they fit, their bodies make a really good hop. Yes. Like, you can, pl- you can. It works out very well. Once I came up with the logo, I was like, "We're done. This yeah. is it." Uh, so I, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's also very unique. Like, and and it's not something that like, uh, you know, I, I've never heard of I, anyone else has m- ever made up that term. If there is a Hopolo brewing out there somewhere, we're it's so, not we're untapped. So sorry, we did not mean to bite your. There's not your one idea. on Untapped. So so I think we're good. But like, it is. Yeah, I think it's cool, and it also makes me feel like, oh, like we have our. We have our brewery. Like, we have, like, like it, it, it makes me feel like, oh, like, you know. And, and, I mean, one of the reasons that we're drinking this is uh, out of my incredible uh, beer-chilling yes. uh, cups that were a, a Valentine's Day gift. Another part of my Valentine's Day gifts were uh, these awesome labels that you cooked up that we're going to put on our, uh, on our bottles that we keep reusing yep. for different beers. And, like, it makes me feel like, oh, like... You know, I'm just a guy who's like brewing, who's, you know, him and his wife are brewing in their kitchen. But like, it makes me feel like, oh, like we got our own brand. And that's, it's yeah. very cool. So I, I, I love it for many reasons. I'm so glad. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I know. You, I mean, it's, it is uh, very much up your alley. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think it's, it's also just like, it's cool. It's a cool to put some creative energy towards something that is not work like totally. i feel like there's so much so like i don't know i i back in my early 20s like i and like when i was in high school i wrote all the time i wrote for fun and like uh used a lot of creative energy that way i've never been much of a like not much of an artist and not drawing or painting or anything like that uh but i like that that's where my creative outlet was but then like 
just over the years, uh, that outlet kind of went away because like so much of my job is spent typing on a keyboard. So uh, finding a new way, like coming up with a recipe and brewing and paying attention to all these little details like that hobby uh, gives you, you know, gives me like a creative outlet for sure that, um, you know, I, I definitely need in my life and I had not had in quite some time. So uh, that is, um, you know, it sparks a, a, a passion quite a bit and like just need to find some time to, to do it, you know, and like uh, we've had a couple, a few, a few weekends where we just were busy or, uh, you know, we had, we, we both worked through all those past weekends. So like, uh, looking forward to doing it again soon and making something else that like I've spent some time coming up with and really looking forward to trying. Can I ask you something? Absolutely. Can we make a cider? Well, I have no idea. Like we have a juicer and we have a fermenter. I... Can we juice a bunch of apples and ferment it? Probably. I don't know. We could take a look. We should look into that because I love cider. Yeah. That could be fun. Uh, I remember <laughs> when I was in 10th grade, Ooh. my science teacher just like started musing during class one day. He's like, okay, so I forget what we were making, but he was like, yeah, so you put the balloon on top of it to see when all the air is like, or like the carbon dioxide has come yeah. out or something like that. And uh, he just started musing about how when... He was in college. Him and his friends just started experimenting with how could they make hard cider, and they would get uh, unpasteurized hard or apple cider, pour it in glass bottles, put a balloon on top of it, wait till the balloon inflates, and it would it, it, it would be fermenting. Wow! And then they would have hard cider. So uh, it could be that easy, apparently. But also, it might. He said that the problem was if you did it too late or too early i forget which one uh it would be vinegar so mm. you would get a really bad surprise if you like drank it expecting hard cider and you got apple I mean, cider vinegar honestly instead. if i got like apple cider vinegar is expensive and we use a lot of it if i got a <laughs> jug of apple cider vinegar that would be a treat well there you go of, of all of this is of course he he was talking to a bunch of 15 year olds in like uh second hour science class he could have been messing with us completely and i just trusted him because he was an adult so don't try this at home folks but without googling it first i suppose but yeah, we can take a look at it. We can try in the fall. All the booze. There we go. Uh, but yeah, we'll try some more of it. Uh, try to make try to make some more of it and drink more of it on the podcast and yeah. uh, go from there. Yeah. How was your beer? It was good. I actually finished mine before you. You did well. I I well, had to I had no. to be very I had to be, go slow at the bottom because mine, of all the sediment. <laughs> mine's been gone for a while. It has been gone for a while. I actually liked it a lot as I drank more of it. I think that is how I felt. I, I liked mine this time uh, from, from the start, but when the first time I had it, I was like, the first couple sips, I'm like, eh? And then as I got further around, through it, I was like, no, I actually, I do like this beer. I don't know if it's like your taste adjusting to it or if um, maybe like the temperature thing, if it, like, as it gets a little mm. warmer. I think also uh, beer is just not often tastes very caramely. And this like almost this is like almost syrupy in a way. Yeah. Uh, like just in the uh, you know how much it's how malty it is. Like it's not it's it it just feels it's it's not thick, but it feels kind of thick on the palate. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like you know that and a lager that that and a Miller Lite next to each other they do not taste the same. So yes. I think like it's uh 
you have to adjust to it quite a little bit f- at first. But yeah. I, th- I like, I like this a lot. This is definitely, this is to me, the uh, best beer I've brewed so far. Um, because, I mean, one, it's it, it appears to taste how it's supposed to taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's carbonated. It is. And uh, <laughs> unlike the very first one that we did, which was the one that was the most successful, I think, overall, uh, it's not like hyper carbonated. Yeah, I love a strong carbonation, though. I liked that beer. That one, I, you go back and listen to our first anniversary episode for the beer that we brewed for that when uh, we had to wait like halfway through the episode for the foam to calm down in our glasses so we could actually sip it. Because Seriously, it, I remember it that. It filled up so far. Uh, but yeah, I think I like this. I like this beer a lot. It is also like, it's it's fun to like brew a red ale and then suddenly like you pour it and it's actually the color you yeah. expect it to be. And like those kind of little things are the fun things about brewing beer where you're like, oh, like this looks how I wanted it. And this like, tastes how I you know close to how I want it maybe it's not the I've never I'm not like uh I've not given any of my beers like fives on untapped or whatever yeah. I'm like oh these are like okay but for me to someone who doesn't know what they're doing to make an okay beer like totally I'll take that as a win totally yeah where can the people find us uh we are available wherever you get your podcasts yes wherever Spotify, you found this one Apple leave reviews reviews make us happy yeah leave a five-star review and Tom and we'll from Will Run For will run five miles. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. At Running on Tap. We're, we're cooking along through Muffin Madness. I kind of screwed it up a little bit this week because I accidentally ate a muffin that I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. I did not get mad, but I did ask you about it. I was confused. <laughs> we, we, we've been rolling through Muffin Madness so much recently that I got confused as to which muffins were advancing and, and were, uh, were being... Uh, defeated i realized i posted on instagram like next round of muffin madness and then i forgot to post who the winner was so i i, I need to do that i'll do that today nice i was gonna say i i did notice uh i was like next round I, sweet potato was, versus zucchini pesto and i just never followed yeah up. i looked at that and i saw i saw it and i was like we ate those muffins like two days ago uh well i, I posted it long after we ate them i posted it when i had time oh but then i never posted who won it was so I, it was, it was zucchini pesto. It was zucchini pesto. I That's th- the one you ate. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remembered that after uh, I ate one of the two that were remaining. So yeah. you'll have, if it goes past the next round, you'll have to bake another 12. No, we're, we're good. We're good where we are. I, I got it. I got it all. Because this will be the last round for like this half of the bracket. And then for the finals, I'm going to make fresh batches of both of them. Smart, smart, smart. Cool. Well, follow along for more Muffin Madness. Yeah, content. it's so fun. Let us know your favorites. Let us know if you're mad at our choices. We love hearing it all. <laughs> and uh, maybe next time I homebrew, we'll you can you can we'll take some take some content and you can follow along a little bit and see uh, how it looks and what what we're doing and that kind of thing. But uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening. Really quickly. Oh, what are interrupted. you mad? No, are you mad? No. Go, uh, go for it. We have a really exciting episode for you guys next week. Yeah, super we excited! Do. I just want to tease it a little bit before we sign off. Yes, um, we have on the events manager from one of our favorite Northern Virginia places, Lost Boy Cider. We've drank so much of their cider on the podcast. Yep. You've seen it all over our Instagram. 
Uh, so we're next week. You get a special treat. Kyle actually wasn't able to yeah, join me for this a, interview. A preemptive apologies for me not being present. Thanks to work. So it's like a super girl power episode. There you go. Uh, so I sat down with Allison and we talked about the history of the cidery, which is pretty new to the area, and some of the great fitness events they have there. So definitely come back for that because I'm super excited about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you all so much for listening and make sure you tune in next week.